future-proofing your organization with Lean. The series consists of interviews with a number of leading-edge group practitioners who will share some of their insights into Lean best practices and how your organization can sustain the benefits of Lean over the long term. There is no better time to transform and future-proof your business with Lean, especially given the ongoing impacts of COVID-19 and an uncertain global economic outlook. Many organizations have embarked on change and Lean transformation programs with significant success. In this regard, we will also talk to leading client practitioners on how they have managed the transition and discuss the challenges and issues they have faced during their Lean journey. On this week's episode, we are delighted to be joined by Andrew Herford. Andrew, maybe you could give our listeners a little bit of information about your current role and your professional background and your experience with Lean. Thank you for inviting me along today. Um, my name is Andrew Herford. I'm a business transformation consultant. I run my own business called Challenge Change Deliver, and I'm based just outside Brisbane in Australia. And I specialize really in providing change management and Lean consulting services back to asset intensive industries, primarily water, utilities, and power companies. Also, um, I spend a lot of time working within local government. So that's pretty much what I'm doing at this moment in time. And I'll talk a little bit about that and some of those experiences this evening. From a background perspective, uh, I've been around for about 30 years now. I'm 10 years in the UK. I cut my teeth leaving college, working for Rico in the UK um, as a quality engineer. Uh, working on production lines and dealing with quality issues in production and in the field. And that was a bit of a key grounding to to an understanding of lean and continual improvement. Uh, the Japanese are obviously with the, in, in Toyota and places such as that are forerunners to lean. And this was probably a little bit before that. And they had something what they called the QC7 tools, which realistically is taking some of those key lean tools that we, we, we're so familiar with today, but really ensuring they did them really well within their production systems. So those key, key tools I, I took forward and I've used them pretty much all through my career. I left that role and I became a quality manager for a switchgear company in the UK. And uh, almost 20 years ago, I left the UK, um, went to the Middle East, working for a, a large logistics and beverage consult, um, firm out there, uh, and then moved into consulting. So in the last um, nine years in Dubai, I worked for a variety of small UK-based consultant services around continuing improvement, strategic alignment, change, and in the latter part of my Dubai career, really into looking at technology-enabled transformation, so big ERP programs. Um, I left um, Dubai in 2010, came to Australia, and since then, I've really been working with within a consulting, consulting environment in transport, uh, around technology-enabled change, digital transformation, but I also, the, the last two or three years, I've taken time out and I moved, of course, what I call across to the dark side. And I actually went in-house and started working for some, some organizations. I spent two years running a lean transformation program for local government. And 18 months ago, I worked in a big power transmission business down in New South Wales, looking at uh, the, the establishment of an asset management transformation program uh, across that business. Prior to, prior to that, uh, as I said, I, I was very much around small, small, lean programs, continuing improvement programs across asset-intensive industries. And the last couple of years, as I said at the start, at the start this evening, I've really been working for myself, um, doing small six-month contracts, really back into local government and into water, water utilities. 
that's a bit of a summary and putting life into perspective for the last oh, 30 years in three minutes. Well, Andrew is a highly experienced operational strategy and business transformation leader in Australia and overseas, of course. What have been your key learnings from a change management perspective over the course of your career? The key learning, uh, I think, particularly from an Australian perspective, is the the inability of organisations to really think uh, in a visionary perspective. And you think, well, is the UK different to the Middle East, to Australia? And they are they are vastly different in how they will uh, manage transformation programs. The UK would is definitely more sophisticated. And the Middle East um, is, without doubt, more susceptible to change. And they can throw money at it. But the, the quality of the people you tend to get in the Middle East makes enables change quite uh, to be, um, across across those businesses. It makes it an easier, oh, I suppose, an easier sell into those businesses. But also, they're taken on board a lot easier. Australia is a different a different animal. It, it's on the other side of the world, and some of those influences and the experiences you get in Europe and the Middle East with with that expat and transient environment, we don't get so much here. So you tend to find, particularly in, in areas of local government and some of those big government quango type organizations of which the utilities are, the power companies are out here, um, which are all government. They've written very few are in the private private sector hands like they would be in the UK. So you haven't had that 20 or 30 years of, oh, I suppose, private sector management and private sector um, uh, methodologies coming on board. So that makes it a bit more of a challenge because they're still very much set in the old school ways. People have been there for a long time and very traditional local government type type environment. The same in utilities. It's very, very similar. So the concept of taking on board new ideas, um, major transformation programs, that's, it can be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go forward. Within the Middle East, you could pull a transformation program together or a lean program together. And they will, one is that they can throw money at it, but they'll throw time and they'll throw money at it and they will engage their leadership primarily because they, the CEO says you will do this and off they go. Uh, but what you tend to find there, because it's an expat environment, you tend to find people who A, want to be there and two, are leaders in their field. Um, so you've, you've got engineers who are very good at what they do. Uh, the top of the game, uh, and you could take that all the way down through through the organisation organisations that I've worked with, and I worked across um, local government, federal government. I've worked in Saudi Arabia across some significantly big uh, organisations. I've worked in FMCG. I've worked in utilities out there, and they're all pretty much the same. So they will take on board new methodologies very very quickly. So they, it's an it's an easy mindset to work within. Australia is slightly different. Uh, and the, the key learnings I've learned from Australia, and I think I think from anyone who's been in the consulting space, um, trying to consult into utilities or local government out here, you 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 you'll understand what I'm talking about. But also, if you've actually moved across or you come from a local government environment, you'll understand some of those challenges. And um, so I'll, I'll go to the latter one because I spent two years running a transformation program my first it was my first sort of foray into local government and one of the first things that really struck me very very quickly was the lack of joined up thinking really in local government what what you have in local government is is, is what i always call 
seven or eight businesses within one that um, service delivery across whether it's a water utility, whether it's a road, whether it's parks and gardens, whether you're providing planning services. There's a whole series of services that these government, these, these organizations provide, but they almost operate as seven or eight different entities and they'll do things in seven or eight different ways. So the concept of running a a transformation program that is holistic and encompasses all those organizations is quite foreign. What you tend to find is you've got what I call pockets of excellence within all of these departments, and they'll run individual programs really, really well. Um, but they're not joined up. They're not aligned. Um, and that, I found, is also very similar when I, I ran a recent program within uh, a water utility out here who are upgrading their um, ERP solution around very much around works management and, and working out and, and pushing work out to the field. Um, very similar problem. There's, uh, there was a significant lack of leadership engagement. Um, the concept of bringing change in early and building change into the program of work is, I won't say it's alien, but it certainly is 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 a challenge. And the other the other factor is you have these major major projects that are costing many, many millions of dollars, which sit up to one side and they're not aligned strategically to anything else within the business. I didn't notice that so much in the Middle East, but I significantly noticed this in Australia. You've got organizations, and I could think of the last four local governments I've worked across or within or supported around some of their um, technology upgrades. and. Every one of those programs is independent in its own right, tends to be run from a certain department within the business, and there's no horizontal or vertical alignment back into the business. That is fundamentally one of the big areas I see as a potential weakness within local government. And it's an area that I was I was with a local government earlier this week, really discussing about how they will run their new transformation program. So they've set up a, a new transformation and innovation department totally separate from the rest of the organization. And they're trying to run it in a different way. So they're, they're bringing all those big strategic projects from the business back into this one department. And then they were looking at how do they align all those projects together and how do they align those projects back into the business. Um, and it, it, it potentially is a significant piece of work for them going forward. So it was a really interesting to be in a local government department, which is actually trying to do things potentially a joined up way, but also looking at and ensuring that they have intense collaboration across the whole of the business. So Andrew, how has your belief system from a business and from a social perspective been challenged as a result of COVID-19 and 2020? Ah, it's, it's interesting we are, where we are at this moment in time, actually. Um, I, I've just, as I mentioned earlier, I've just come out of a recent project um, with the big water utility out here in, in, in Queensland. And the start of that project, um, which is uh, probably early January, uh, when I got involved with that client, and then uh, we had three months of intensive stakeholder engagement as we were going through the implementation phase. And then the latter, latter three months was as COVID struck. So all of a sudden, uh, we went from everyone on a Thursday having a, having a meeting and boom, Everyone's called in the office on Thursday night and said, look, from, from, from now on, we're going to be running the program from home. Uh, literally, the offices were cleared out within 24 hours. There was no real preparation. There was no real concept about using Teams or Zoom or whatever we used. Um, and it was quite amazing to watch how quickly 
staff within the business and on these projects learn to interact in a totally new way. Uh, and it's a conversation I've had with many people over, over the last couple of months as, as we have we way come out of that program, but I'm now into a, another program doing very similar things. And we're running lean workshops uh, over teams because we can only have five people in an office or an environment and we'll have another 10 or 15 people who are, who are Zooming in or coming in on Teams. And you're trying to find different ways to run a lean workshop with brown paper so everyone can see it. Um, so what it has done and what it has done for me is I've, se I've seen behavioral changes in people. People have come on board easily. There's, whereas I, I was in this original project where people were potentially challenging, passive, passive, aggressive, maybe not engaged. Leaders probably couldn't be bothered to turn up to meetings. They don't have time to turn up to meetings. All of a sudden in the COVID world where everyone was working from home and you've got stacking and racking meetings, there's no more, it'll take you 10 minutes to get down the lift or anything. You just go from one meeting straight to another. And what I have found is A, people are A, turning up on time. B, they're really engaged. Or the majority of people are really engaged. And I found the management of change a significantly easier uh, exercise, particularly with this type of client, and, um, and in, I think this is this is a government infrastructure world. It's a lot easier to engage people, and fundamentally, they they're more engaging. Um, and I, I start to think about some of the reasons why, uh, and maybe it's a cultural thing where people are a little bit scared to put their hand up and appear and appear to be challenging in those kind of environments. Whereas, an, in a virtual world, they can challenge a little bit more. They can even type into the side if they needed to. But I found it's actually to be, in some respects, to be beneficial uh, in running a program or managing change. And it was interesting going back onto this latest program I'm on within a local government. And we are running a, uh, a works management end-to-end um, -end process workshop. And we're doing it uh, with post-it notes as we would normally do with lots of brown paper. And then we realize that most people can't see what you're doing and how do we get that interaction from people? So we're having to find new ways to do it, but it's actually working and people are really engaged. You've got to, you've got to ensure that you've actually managing a stakeholder really well and you understand your stakeholder because you can lose people quite quickly. But I found it perhaps not as engaging as we would normally have it in a workshop when you've got 10 people in the room, but it's certainly not as bad as it potentially could be. So I found it quite interesting. The other thing I think I've really found with COVID is it's brought forward the use of digital technology 10 years. And I, I was talking to one of the, the senior managers down at down this local government last week, and she basically said that there's no way they would be doing what they're doing. And all those major cultural changes of working from home in a local government environment, if this crisis hadn't, hadn't occurred. It would have taken them 10 years to get to where they are at this moment in time. So it's actually quite fascinating to learn from a management side how, how one is how they're coping, but how they're bringing on board new technology and the use of that te technology. The whole concept of digital transformation is how much quicker can you bring this forward? Because over the last two or three years, we've been talking a lot about not so much digital transformation in an ERP sense, but certainly transformation about using different technologies to make that process more efficient. So whether that's, that's robotics, whether it, it's a data management system or a more effective way of using of, of taking information out to the field, so from a mobility perspective, these, these types of solutions take eons 
to get through the IT department and through leadership. Uh, and what we're starting to see is, is the transition to making decisions an awful lot quicker. Uh, as an example, I, I was I was running these workshops um, down at this local government over the last few weeks. And all of a sudden, as we come through this workshop uh, and we start talking about um, mobility in the field, because we're, we're really talking about works management, and they said, oh, well, we're, we're running on, on, on SAP Works Manager. It's not functioning as we want it to. We'd like to look at uh, replacing that and upgrading that. Yeah, it's usual throwaway comment you, you hear, hear we're hearing from a client. However, I get a call today and all of a sudden they've managed to scrape the funds together and they run, they're thinking about, could we run a lean workshop to start looking at the requirements for a replacement? So this would never have happened before. So it, the the concept of driving efficiency into the into the in, into the into the working environment using digital technologies to actually improve the flow of information and the value chain, even though it's already already been there and people are people are juggling balls thinking about it, they're actually starting to think about it in a joined up way and saying actually we need this now because actually we've got three people in the office and we've got three people in the field and fifteen people working from home, um, they can't suddenly take this piece of paper from desk to desk to desk or shout across, across across the corridor at someone. So this whole concept of, 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 of almost that side-pipe lean concept of supplier to customer is suddenly arising because they're realizing they can't suddenly uh, manufacture a, a process or fix something because they haven't got what they want. So I'm seeing I'm seeing a big, a big change. And I think COVID is, I suppose, the catalyst for this. You've probably touched on it quite a lot there, but even prior to COVID, I feel like there was a major movement to start incorporating that digital lean mindset into your future business transformations. And and it does dramatically improve operational performance in a lot of instances. What are your feelings on this and how have you engaged with it in the past prior to COVID? What, I, what I've tended to see, and I'll, I'll, I'll use an example of... Um, uh, 18 months, two years ago, I, w- I was working in the power industry. So I'd left local government and I went to work for a energy provider who, who basically did um, power transmission. Very, very large organization. The biggest transmission company, certainly in Australia, 1.4 million poles, a million kilometers of cable, an immensely big organization that basically drives all the power and manages all the transmission of power around New South Wales. Um, so if you put that back to the, a UK perspective, that's half of Europe, <laughs> realistically. It's a big place with very few people. Um, one of their challenges were, was actually, how do we do this more efficiently? Uh, and they were looking at all sorts of different ways of looking at new technology to drive efficiency into into, into the work, workforce now you th- and i use i use the poles analogy but you think of 1.4 million poles every single one of those but poles needs to be inspected on on a on a planned maintenance um, cycle so what they do when they do, when they do that is they will send a team out to look at that pole and they will climb the pole and they'll look at the pole check it for whatever they've got to check it for they'll look at the all the, all the overhead cables that go with that pole etc etc all takes time and it's immensely expensive so now what they're looking at, and they, they came across and said, well, why don't we use uh, why don't we use drones to do this? If we use a drone to do this, one the drone can look at look at the pole from a different perspective because it's higher. We don't have to climb the pole. We don't need 15 guys going out and a bunch of youths to actually go and inspect it. And that one drone can do an awful lot of poles in one day. Now it it does take the human element out of it. 
But what we're starting to see is a transition from that, oh, well, they can't do it as well as we can because they can take more pictures. We can get that digital data and all that digital data can actually be uploaded in the system and we do an awful lot more from, with it. And then how can we align that to actually understanding what we need that data to do and what management decisions we need to think about? So that joined up thinking is getting there, but there are new ways of collecting, collecting data and the new ways of using digital technology. And I find it quite fascinating. And I've seen it in different organizations, whether it's from a mobile perspective, whether it's from, I guess, I know she's using drones in the field. When I was at a local government here working on their lean program, they use drones to look at revetment walls, um, areas that were really difficult that have to go in boats to do. All new uh, concepts, but getting better at it all the time. So there's lots of innovation. I mentioned earlier, there's centers of excellence, pockets of excellence, within a lot of these organizations, they're really clever, creative people. The challenge is to think about that a little bit more holistically. Where in general is Australia in relation to its lean maturity and also in terms of digitalization? That's a really interesting question. I think from my side, let's build on some of the other questions. Um, so where are we? And I'll, I'll talk about them separately. So let's talk about lean. And then let's talk about um, digital maturity. So from a lean perspective, now we can get done on buzzwords, I think, about lean or, or methodology titles. Um, but there's an awful lot of private sector organizations and a lot of local government organizations and power utilities. So the Quangos who are using lean. If I, I looked back here just from Queensland, um, Brisbane City Council had a major lean program going in there in, the, in their infrastructure business. Um, Gold Coast City Council have used lean and a lot of lean methodology around running their workshops. So it's embedded within the business, but they're only really using it as tools. Um, if I went back to Redlands, where I was, I was for, a, for a time, so that's picking on three relatively big local government organizations. Uh, Brisbane City Council is probably the biggest local government in the world. Gold Coast City Council, fairly big entity, Redlands a lot smaller. So they've all taken on board continual improvement lean concepts. Um, when I was at Redlands, we partnered with Melbourne City Council. Now, Melbourne City Council was some of the forerunners of using lean within Australia in a local government environment. And we ran a lean transformation program, but we used it more as not so much to drive efficiency into the business, but more of a cultural change perspective. So we wanted to use lean to change the mindset of people and let give people the, the power and the opportunity just to be creative and try and improve their own small processes, but also start looking, training them in the concepts of lean so that we can use them on bigger programs as they go forward. So it was a cultural mindset from Redland's perspective. At Gold Coast, it's really looking at hammering an improvement project and, and doing rapid improvement uh, and and maybe a, a blitz across that particular process they need to fix. And that was pretty much the same in Brisbane as well. Um, what I've, I've not seen, and apart from Redlands, I've put Redlands to one side, I've not seen many organizations who use Lean as a vehicle for transformation. They use it as a methodology, which then sort of takes me a little bit into the digital space uh, and how mature are we in digital. So let me backtrack a bit. And let's think about what's the difference between business transformation and digitally enabled transformation or technology enabled transformation. Um, you could pick up any job site across the world. And if you search transformation, I can guarantee that 94, 95% of the roles that are within that 
filter our digital transformation. Now, digital transformation isn't transformation. Uh, all digital or ERP upgrades or digital projects, all they're doing is enabling a process to work more effectively. And I think we get lost in the world of, ah, oh, it's all about digital transformation, but it's not. It's all about process. It's all about people. It's all about getting the right data and ensuring that the technology enables that to work more effectively. And I, and I think that's a little bit of a, um, it's a bit of a market play, but also it's, it's the world that's run by IT departments. So from my side, if I, if I was looking at lean and I'm looking at digital maturity, where, where, where's the gap? Certainly in Australia, ERP projects historically have run, been run in silos uh, and they fail to deliver the benefits they effectively could. And, and there are reasons for that. And, and the reasons for that is, is generally because it's run in silos. From where are we on digitalization maturity? I think we are, we're in a, a land of opportunity. As I mentioned earlier, there's pockets of innovation. There's pockets of excellence in every organization. They're doing great things. However, are we doing them in a holistic way across the business? So when we get the data from that digital piece of digital technology, are we doing the right things with it in a strategic way? Is it enabling managers and GMs to make those um, decisions that they need to make. Um, so we're not thinking about these programs in a strategic way. So realistically, if I look back to that question of, of where are we, we're doing lots of good stuff, but we're not doing it in a joined up manner. We like to think it's not rocket science, but it's actually really difficult to do, but actually it needs to come from the top. And that's the bit that's missing. So we do a lot of lean, we do a lot of digital improvement. Um, there's lots of projects ongoing, whether it's about field mobility, whether it's BIM, whether it's it's just normally ERP systems, whether it's an upgrade to the call center, how is that all aligned together and how is it delivering value to the value stream? Uh, and that's the bit that's missing. Do you see any other potential avenues of opportunity for Australian businesses looking to the future? Oh, the avenues of opportunity. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the key for me, and I, I think it works, I think there's a bit of a learning from consultants and from businesses and how they can work together. Businesses, and because I've worked on both sides of the fence, businesses tend to buy um, methodologies or, or solutions. What consultancy businesses don't, don't do very well is actually work with the business to define what they really want. A majority of people within local government and water utilities have been there for an awful long time. Great people do a great job, but have probably haven't had the exposure to different systems, different processes, different ways of working that potentially maybe people in the private sector internationally have. That doesn't mean that they're, they're, they're not great at what they do. They just haven't had the exposure. So if you haven't had that exposure, you will do what you did yesterday plus 10%. So I want that technology or that digital solution to do X but you don't know it will do why. And what we, what we need to find is a way of ensuring that they know what that why is. Uh, and then we can build solutions based on that. And I don't think the business world and the consulting world works really well together, um, particularly on small consultancies. You'll get a PwC who comes in and they'll offer, offer you a well-being solution, but most people can't afford a PwC solution. So how do we work closely with, with some of those smaller consultants in businesses, whether they are a lean business, whether they are a digital business, whether they are something else, 
how do we work with them to ensure we bring their great solutions into our business so we can come up with one vision for the business? And I think that's the biggest challenge going forward, knowledge. My, my, my lasting um, comment, I think, from this is to anyone who's listening to this and to anyone who's thinking about using digital technology to go forward in the future, go back to the basics. And the first question you ask yourself is, why are we doing this? What information do we want to come out the back end of this process improvement or this ERP upgrade? Whatever you're doing, if you're using digital technology to enhance the use of something, what do you want that data to do? Now, someone said to me a few weeks ago, he says, we've got loads of data. We just don't know what to do with it. And that's the point. You can collect anything, but what do you want it to do? And ask yourself those questions before you implement anything. What process is it affecting? Who is it affecting? What does the actual customer want? And if that customer is the CEO, what does he want? And what format does he want it in? And only collect that. That's all he needs. Um, so data is everything for me. And um, when people implement technology solutions or digital solutions, they forget that data is the key. That's what you're trying to do. You're implementing the use of something to enable you to run a process better. And that data gives you that information to drive efficiency into the business and possibly to reduce waste or improve customer service, probably by hopefully. To learn more about Lean, please visit leadingedgegroup.com and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook for updates on this podcast series or the wider Lean industry. This podcast series was produced by Clodagh McCarthy for the Leading Edge Group and is available on all major podcast platforms.